Hi, I'm Suzanne, and welcome, Jan Day, to Sex Advice for Seniors. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you, and I'm very happy to be here. It's yeah. really good to see you again. I know that we had a conversation mm. a few years pre-pandemic, it was, in real life, face-to-face, yes. talking about the work that you do around mm. intimacy and just relationships in general, working with singles and couples, mm. and around the area of Tantra, I know, is something that you're particularly interested in. But as we are focused on people kind of 50 plus, I'm curious to hear how you think all of that changes from the work that you've done when you're an older person. Um, Okay, I think, first off, there is a sense in which once people are older, there's there's kind of a lot less to lose in a sense. There's a lot like you don't have to be looking looking out for whether your mom approves or not, and whether the church approves or not, and whether it's going to wreck your career because you, you you're kind of a ways into life and you you haven't you've got more freedom and possibilities in a sense. Now not everybody does, but. There is that possibility. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, the old joke, you know, once you're past 50 or 60, you can wear whatever colour you like and whatever fashion you like and do whatever you like because who's going to tell you you can't? Um, so it's like there's a way in which you can be a big kid. And uh, I think it's also true that not all, all older people realise that. Sometimes, like, there's a sense in which we have to reclaim our freedom and... Uh, know that we can have fun and play and somehow like remember the fact that we've got 50 or 60 years behind us and we've got um, you know 30 or 40 years of adult life behind us to have matured into and actually that has given us a lot of really juicy gorgeous wisdom and gifts and knowledge and self-understanding that we didn't have when we were 20 or 30. So, you know, we we might have been not quite the shape we want to be anymore. And we, you know, we might be a bit saggy here and there, but we have not a lot more sense of what's inside. And there's a fair chance we've we've moved, you know, we've faced lots of challenges and we've moved through lots of blocks and things. And, and that gives us a lot more freedom. And I think it's really important for um people once they're older to uh, like appreciate that about themselves and realize that they've got something to offer that younger people do not have and to really enjoy and kind of bask in that because we have got a, we have got a lot actually that we've got to offer and and kind of a lot more space to have just have fun and try things out and not have to get it right all the time uh, because just because we've matured and that for me that feels really important but I also recognize that not all older people have noticed that yet and and there can be a shyness too I, I you know I have a lot of people in their 50s and 60s and 70s even actually in my workshops we, you know people their age range is probably from 30 to in their 70s the whole range and Sometimes people are a little shy because they almost feel like being old is a bad thing. And I think that takes a little getting over. And, and 
sometimes it just takes a bit of practice, you know, that actually once you get some touch and realize that you can say yes and no, and you don't have to, you don't have to give away anything you don't want to. You can say no, and you can say yes, and you can say what you'd like. And then there's like, I, I, there's a moment where the penny drops for a lot of people and they, like their face lights up and they start to relax and realize, oh yeah, right, this is why I like touch and this is why I like to be in connection. And actually I like to have fun. And so there's, there's something about reclaiming that freedom and just honoring it and um, seeing um, this, the, the sweetness and the gorgeousness of having, having 30 or 40 years of adult life behind me with all my experiences that, you know, and that, that's the, the creativity that can come from that, the freedom that can come from that is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a conversation um, recently about the fact that quite a few of us of 50s and above, our perspectual experiences weren't all that great. And mm. in fact, I had a very um, interesting conversation with a colleague of mine during which he, we were just, we, we were having a lunch and said, how did you lose your virginity? It was meant to be a lighthearted conversation and it got mm. very dark quite quickly because yeah. it wasn't nice the yeah. way he had lost his virginity and mine was very quick and sudden and quite painful but I was quite full of joy to have gotten rid of it and that was my whole approach to it but I suspect that for a lot of people our age their earlier sexual experiences have not been pleasant so having reached mm. our grand old age pleasure isn't something that is associated always with sex yes. and I'm and that's mm. why I was really interested around this whole thing around boundaries mm -hmm. because all this stuff around saying yes saying no saying what you like it's quite new to people that are our age <laughs> yes yes yeah. it is yeah and how do you how do you approach that yeah like what's your initial way in yeah to liberating people to be able to say that yeah so if people come on one of the longer workshops um then we we do a, a lot of careful exercises where people are usually in groups so they're not usually just with one person there's a certain safety in being with a group usually in a group of four is what we do so there's usually two men and two women so you've always got somebody of your own gender and some of the opposite gender with you and then we play a game called zero, one, two, three. So the one in the middle can start, nothing happens until they say something. And if they say zero, nothing happens. And it all has to go very slowly. And actually, I really encourage a lot of people to just say zero for a few minutes and enjoy it and look people in the eye and like look at them and smile and be able to say zero because they're basically saying, I don't want to be touched. And to get in their body this visceral experience that if I say I don't want any touch, no one's going to touch me. And that for some people is extremely healing. Mm. Um, and then we uh, and then if they decide they want to say one, then one of the three very slowly begins to bring a hand toward their body and they can say no or stop at any point and then the hand will go away. Or, you know, usually the hand lands on an arm or a face. 
And then if they like it, they say yes. And if they don't like it, they say no. If they like it a lot, they say please. <laughs> Which is actually also a really important word for people our age because we were usually taught that if you like sex, you're a slut. So, you know, especially if you're a woman, it's a bit different for men. But for, for a woman to be able to say, please, I like that is actually quite a big step. And often, you know, once people kind of relax into, oh, actually, yes, I do like this. So saying please is really important. And it's important, especially for their partner, because, you know, who wants to be with somebody who's looking stone faced and like isn't prepared to, to show what they enjoy? So then they can have one or two or three people touch them or zero. They can say stop whenever they want. And then they can say yes and start the touch again. As soon as they can say stop, all hands off. Yeah. And then they can say one and one person will touch them again. And it, everything goes slowly. So there's nothing sudden. And usually very quickly, people start having a lot of fun and realizing they really, really do like touch and they can play and they can, they can get the, the visceral experience from each other as well. That the word no uh, gets translated into, um, oh, this person is trustworthy because they can say no when they don't like something. And that means I can trust their yes. And that means I can be a lot more playful because I don't have to expect that they're, that I've got to mind read because they're going to tell me if they don't like something. And so then everything gets much more light and easy and everyone can relax and, you know, and then more and more um, nice, juicy connection happens that is um, healing, actually deeply, deeply healing. And to be able to say stop and know that the touch will start again if I want it. So I don't have to tolerate crumbs because otherwise there'll be nothing. And um, and and my no will be heard and it, I, it won't be held against me. And that that is an, an experience is really important. And I think that's in important for men to realize that um, it's mm. it's perfectly all right for women to say no you know a lot of times men in long-term relationships uh, you know have got this level of frustration uh, sexual mm. frustration around all sorts of issues and um, and I think it's quite difficult for them to realize that women have a say in this you know you're not mustn't just expect from them to, to fall into place and to do what mm. do what's desired you know that they have a yes. right to to say that and i was going to ask what the gender balance of your workshops tends to be we we often are about 50 50 we try and make it that way i mean some of the workshops aren't but if, if we're working it with touch and sexuality we usually aim to gender balance to the extent that we can right. yes and we, we get pretty close we had one um, we, we were doing a workshop last week, actually, and I think we had 20, 20 women and 18 men or something. And then we have male assistants who can step in and make the gender balance perfect. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty much working with gender balance. And, you know, what you just said, Pete, I think that's really important that um, and it's in, this is important, actually, for all older people. This is a challenge because in your 20s and 30s, you know, our hormones are flowing and we can get turned on very, very quickly. Now, when women oh, yeah. have gone through menopause, that changes. Yeah? It's not so much that, you know, I look at somebody, I'm like, whoa, 
yeah, yeah, I'm turned on already. Um, so the desire doesn't come immediately. And so, for example, I mean, I often say this, you know, if, if, if my husband says to me, do you want sex? Mm. Frankly, most of the time, the flat answer to that is no. But what I know is that, yeah, the answer in this moment is no, I'm not ready for sex right now. But I am ready for some cuddling and some touch and some, cut, you know, smooching up. And given a little bit of time, I know that I'm very likely to get turned on. So the answer is no right now. But there's a fair chance that if if I'm smooched up to, you know, in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that I'm the answer will have changed to yes. And I think it's important for men and women to know that about themselves after menopause, because it's just the way it is. You know, it's not that you can't have great sex, but the speed at which things happen is a little bit different. And um, we need we need time to get aroused. And once we're aroused, the desire pops up. So uh, that's an important thing to know, because uh, one thing that I have come across uh, recently is, you know, once once older people, and I am mostly at this point talking about women, but it couldn't doesn't have to be always women. Once they learn that they can say no, especially for a woman after menopause, it's pretty easy to say, oh, well, you know, do I want sex? Well, I'm allowed to say no. So the answer is no. But actually, that that stops too soon because it's it's no. And actually, if if I get the right kind of touch and slow, then the answer is going to be yes. So that empowerment to say no, I think it's important for women to realize if they're in, a, especially if they're in a long term relationship with somebody, that that physical connection is actually super important and it builds love. And so it's worth the effort, actually, you know, it's worth the the and it's and it can be then very very pleasurable you know I'm not in any way suggesting anyone should have anything that's not pleasurable but to to realize that yes we absolutely needed that empowerment to say no but that's not the end of the story um there's there's a lot more that goes beyond that and that feels really important actually yeah and I think it's important to realize as well that you know that an intimacy as we say begins with touch it, it, that's where it starts. Yeah. It's the beginning of intimacy. So expecting someone to go from, especially an older woman, to go from zero to 60 and to just be super yeah. excited. No, but if you hold my hand, if you offer to give me a massage, if you give me a kiss on the neck, if you mm-hmm. just stroke my, you know, just stroke me, then then, mm-hmm. as you say, there's a gradual building up of excitement and arousal. And oh. then eventually I go, oh, that's quite nice, actually. And I'm feeling quite fruity. And yes, I will. Yeah. But, but of course, you're right. The initial reaction, do you want to have sex? It's no. I'm pretty much the same. Not really. I'm not there yet. I'd rather go out for dinner or something. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for so many men especially the we've been programmed from our youth that this sort of stuff is a is a quick response and when mm. things change and they change for men as well yes yeah. Women, yeah men also take longer to get aroused longer to 
get an erection, all of this sort of stuff. So it's mm. not just females in my experience. It's also understanding that we've all changed, that it's all slower. But I want to change the subject kind of a little bit because one of the things I notice is that when I go to workshops, it doesn't have to be around um, intimacy, but just generally. And there's a big age range. And this happened to me last year when I went to learn how to salsa dance. And there was some people there, and they were in their 20s to me, probably, mm. or 60s, right? And we were asked to pair up. Obviously, I was not the chosen one because yeah. most of the people there were younger, and the girls mm. were hotter, and they were fruitier. And, you know, they're letting off all their sexual energy. And, mm. and I'm very aware that my sexual energy is at a much lower yeah. level now, right? Mm. So how do you deal with that kind of situation? Because all of this stuff does impact on how we feel about ourselves, right? Yeah. When you're in a mixed group and there's some young, sexy girls and there's older people and maybe they're not feeling as fruity, how do you deal with making sure that everybody feels sexy or or just you know what i mean just feels so mm. so that you're not made even more aware that everybody's gravitating towards the sexy people <laughs> yeah because let's face it that's what <clears throat> happens in life it does it does happen a lot it's true and uh i think i mean one thing is because we do tend to gender balance and we also have groups working in um fours so, you know, we'll say, okay, we're going to form groups of fours. Well, there's going to be groups of fours. So, uh, you know, and it's going to be two men and two women in each group usually. So, so um, people are finding, you know, that everyone's finding partners and we're keeping on changing partners. So everyone has to keep working with somebody new all the time. And that's really important too, actually, because... I know from my experience of all the workshops I participated in and my life come to that, um, the places where I learned the most were where I had the most challenge and difficulty. And actually, I can think of a time, I mean, I was probably in my 30s then, and, and we were randomly paired. And we do sometimes do that. We do sometimes do random pairings and some very surprising things happen then. Um, and so I was, I was randomly paired with... Uh, I think four different men and two of them were men actually I didn't want anything to do with. They actually probably were older men as it happens and I was probably one of the younger ones then. And there was another man there who was like my type and absolutely oh great. So anyway, so I had the session with these two guys who are actually at the beginning didn't even want to touch and it was a two hour session and so it had to go very slowly. But actually, because I was willing to go slowly, you know, and we approached each other very, very slowly, and then maybe we just touched, you know, one little finger and stayed there for a bit, and then, okay, and then a little bit more, and then, you know, and, and actually, after two hours, I was quite shocked. I was quite turned on by this guy after two hours, because he was just willing to stay there in my presence with me without trying to push me. And I think that's very important that when there isn't an attraction to give the person enough space to come towards you. Mm. And that, uh, yeah, I could have made love to him at the end of two hours. And at the beginning, I didn't even want to touch him. So 
I, you know, there's a certain amount of magic can happen in if if people are there because they want to grow and because they want to learn. And if people are just there to get some hot sex, well, they're not going to learn much anyway. And actually, what I notice is that if people are there to get some hot sex, well, the women pick it up pretty fast, actually. And um, then they de definitely don't get any hot sex. <laughs> you know, I, I think it, it, somehow it works out. And, um, and I think that there's just lots of, I think the working in the fours helps because there's there's just you know there's not just one person and the stakes aren't you know it's not all on this person it's not all on you and so the mix of of people is really important and I agree with you of course it, you know it happens that sometimes the guys want to always be with the um the young hot women and sometimes that doesn't get them very far and then at some point they realize okay maybe there's Maybe it's worth exploring a little wider. <laughs> Which begs the question, actually, do you think that physical attraction and this kind of instant attraction can be something that isn't so instant, but can you can develop over time? Yeah, that's a so great question. Do you think that this chemical thing that we're yeah. always told about, that you meet someone and there's just this chemical reaction, do you think that actually yeah. you can develop that reaction to somebody by by letting them into your life in this kind of way, using these sort of techniques and yeah. develop that chemistry. Because I'm very chemistry focused. I always think okay. yeah. chemistry. Yeah. So I'll tell you a story about me. So this is from my personal life. So I probably spent, um, you know, once I'd woken up to sex, which did take me, I was a bit of a late developer, but once I'd woken up to the fact that sex is fun, um, yeah, I was after, you know, oh, chemistry, right? For probably about, well, 15 or 20 years until I did, I actually did a process that we do always on our New Year workshop. We have a five-day New Year workshop and we always do this process because I think it's so powerful. And what we do is look at a, a recent relationship where there was chemistry, right? And then, of course, it all fell apart. Uh, uh, and then we change it to how we'd like it to feel like what would we actually like and for me this was you know there'd been this big blow up and the guy had just basically walked out and what I wanted to imagine was how would it be if I could stand opposite a man and I could say to him I love you and I want to be with you and he could stay standing there and not run away and say I love you and I want to be with you and neither one of us is running away so we can stay there in this, I love you and I want to be with you. What would that feel like? Because that's what I was kind of looking for. I, at that point, I wanted a long-term relationship. And, and I'm in a long-term relationship. Anyway, and um, so when I imagined that, and it's, it's quite a deep sort of trancey process where you really let yourself imagine what that would feel like. And then you go back and you do it again and again. When I imagined what it would feel like, I realized that, oh, wow, the actually the energetic sense of that, the felt sense of what that would feel like when I really let myself imagine it is not chemistry, right? It has a sort of long, enduring, more subtle quality that sort of stretches out. It's softer. It felt completely different. And I was laughing and crying in this process because I felt like, wow, this is something, you know, if I'd felt that energy with somebody, 
I would have been, I would have thought that's boring. I'm walking away. I wouldn't have even noticed them, honestly, because I was looking for chemistry. And so I I didn't think so much more about it. I thought, okay, well, you know, that's a really interesting thing to learn. I'm going to look out for that. The following week, my husband of now 22 years walked into my life, right? The following week, and I imagine there had been hundreds of men who could have met me like that, but I wasn't even seeing them, right? They were not on my radar at all, period. And so there wasn't this sense of chemistry. There was something else. And we we made love and we had, you know, we had fun and we developed a kind of depth of connection and it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And 20 years on, we still have really lovely, great sex and deep intimacy. And when I met him, I, I had been through a, a period of you know, quite a, a dry period. So maybe 12 years, I hadn't I had a, a long term partner. I, I'd had a lot of lovers because what I discovered from and I think lovers and long term relationships are different, probably with lovers. So there was this sense of like a long, enduring love. And it didn't start with a very high energy. And we had good sex at the beginning, but it wasn't like, ah, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, I can really kind of lean into you and meet you. And, and, you know, there was a sense of a different kind of meeting right from the beginning. And that grew and grew and grew. And I would say energetically, you know, the, the like the love and sex connection just grew and grew and grew because it started from a kind of a low level. So it, it could grow and develop and develop and develop. It started out from, I would say, from it wasn't from a high excitement. I mean, there was attraction, there was something, but it wasn't like high excitement, which is what I'd been going for. And so then it grew and grew and our, our sense of like the, the heart and sex merging and weaving together and growing and growing together. And until that point, I'd had like a 12 year really, you know, period of not much long term relationships. And so I'd had lovers because for me, what I discovered was and I think this is worth talking about as well, actually, later. Um, if if I didn't have a long term partner. I needed lovers to have sex with and they needed to be people I I had some kind of a heart connection with, but I knew I didn't want to be in a relationship with them. It was a completely different and we both knew we didn't want to be in a relationship, but we kind of loved each other and could have some really good sex. So but it, it was there was a clarity around, you know, it was it was very boundaried in a sense. And when I got together with Frida, I because I'd had this going on for like 12 years or something, which was very important to me because I discovered that that if I closed my sex, actually at some point my heart started to close as well. So having having lovers was really important. And I, there was a way in which I thought maybe, I, you know, if I'm on a long term relationship, maybe I can carry this on, you know, maybe it could be quite fun. But actually about, I would say a couple of years into the, the marriage, I realized I had lost all interest in other men because the depth of love and connection that was happening between us was so rich and deep and and it had a different quality than that high excitement that I would get from a lover because there was this like this history building up between us and this deep love bonds which all wove together with the sexuality and the intimacy so it was just gorgeous. And why would I want anything else when I can have that? You know, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, there's different qualities around 
you know, sex with somebody that you like and just have enjoyable sex with, and then sex where you've got much more of an emotional connection. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can really open up your heart and yourself to that person and just yeah. be really vulnerable around that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I find that quite scary, frankly. <laughs> yeah. And I like and I like going back to my safe my safe place, which is <laughs> sometimes casual fun because mm. I can just be playful without worrying about whether or not I'm gonna be received in a way that I wanna be or not. If you don't like it, I'm not gonna see you again. <laughs> so it yeah. doesn't, doesn't really matter. But I think so much of it is around um, understanding enough about your own body to be able to, as you said, the exercise zero, one, two, three, please. Such a good, I, I think we should just use that kind of exercise all the time, frankly. We should, yeah, with every new lover, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and just <clears throat> be able to, because it, it, zero almost doesn't sound as bad as no. <laughs> zero just kind of says, no, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But one sort of says a little, you know, and yeah. I think we do sort of lack the vernacular sometimes around how we express our different levels of desire and what we're able to mm. receive, not receive at any particular time. And I think men sometimes do struggle with that because when they hear no, they yeah. think of it as a rejection. But it, as you said, it, it might just be no for now. Yeah, that that quite like that. Exactly, and I that that is super important to get. So, with any new lover, anyone you're going to have sex with, it's super important to get to. I think to do one way touch and really get easy with these words. Yes, no, stop, slow as well, because slow is often an important one. And so that, and please, so that so that we can just relax with each other. It's like with a new lover, I think it's worth saying, look, I've got this game I'd love to play with you. And it's it's a bit like going back to being teenagers and discovering what we both like. And the really important thing is that we both get to learn what we both like. And the only way that happens if we get really easy with saying yes and no and please and stop and, and even pause and um, and slow so that we can learn um, what we both like. Because it, it's like there's a reframing of the word no, because it's true, of course, all of us are, you know, young and old, are terrified of this word no, because we, when we were two years old, you know, no no meant basically, oh, mommy doesn't love me anymore, daddy doesn't love me anymore, it's a terrible word, I'm going to survive, I'll die, basically. And it, that's deep inside of us, and yet, and it gets in the way because if we can't say no, all kinds of trouble happens and we're not trustworthy. If we can't say no, we're not trustworthy. And if we can't hear no, then we're also not trustworthy because then we're going to actually induce a yes pleasing thing from our partner. So we have to get really easy with it. And and there's an intimacy in that when, we, when we're willing to share with each other that that you know this word no is scary and I'm willing to learn it and I'm willing to do this little game to to learn it and to share afterwards and say yeah that was scary but actually I realized that when you said no and then you said yes five minutes later you know actually I could relax it wasn't all on me because I know what you want 
So I, I, I think that's, and of course that, no, you know, sometimes no means no, I don't want to be touched at all. Sometimes it means I don't want to be touched yet. Sometimes it means I don't want to be touched like that. And then when we say, so when we say no in, in that little game, what we do is if, if it's no, I don't want to be touched like that, then you take their hand and you'd put it, you'd touch it the way you want to be touched and then you'd put it back again. So it's also a learning game where you can show people how you'd like to be touched because, you know, whoever taught us that in school? Nobody, yeah, nobody taught us that actually everybody likes to be touched different ways, you know, and if you're hot, you want to be touched a different way than if you're kind of just warming up. So we have to learn all that. And, it, and it's different from woman to woman and man to man. So we, we have to really learn to tune in and, and sense into the one. And that's a lot. That's a lot of attention. So we, as a result of that, we, we often do this one-way touch as well, where you're only receiving or only giving touch. Because actually, it's just too much. Otherwise, most of us haven't got enough uh, attention span to deal with all the information coming in and all the information. I mean, we haven't got that much. Right. So we usually start with one way touch so that people can really begin to learn and tune into their own body and then fully tune into another body and feel what's there. And and I think that feels a lot safer for most people. And, of course, a lot more fun, because if you're fully there, you can really experience the pleasure, which is delightful. And I think that it's worth saying and pointing out that, of course, there is no deadline for learning this stuff. No. You know, yeah. Yeah. we as older people can, can come and approach pleasure at our age in a new way. We can learn new mm. tools. We can learn new games. We can learn about how to make sex fun, how to, you know, get to those intimate relationships that most of us are desiring. And I think that mm. that's what's, you know, what this needs to be, everyone needs to be reminded is that being 50, being 60, being 70, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yes. matter. Yeah. It, it, there's always time to be able to mm. enter and step into this place of pleasure, even if you've never experienced it before. Yes, there's yes. There's still mm. time. There's still time. It's going to be different. It's not going to be hot and heavy and fast, but there's mm. still the opportunity that we all have to yeah. work with people like yourselves to mm. learn about all of this stuff, because I do think it's one of the greatest things about being a human being is that we can keep experiencing pleasure forever. Yes. Yeah. So we don't yeah. have to stop just because we're old, just no. because the media tells us that we're wrinkly and saggy and all yeah. that shit. We don't have to listen to any of that. We can just do, yeah. we can just learn all of this. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It is. And, you know, just to illustrate that, I think I, the probably one of the oldest women I ever had in my workshop was 87 and she had never had sex before and she didn't want to die before having sex and having an orgasm so she came to the workshop to learn about sex and learn if she could have an orgasm and she was juicy <laughs> I mean she was right up for it all and she did get her orgasm <laughs> It is never too late. <laughs> you can keep on having fun. And yeah, it's really, really not too late. Yeah. yeah. That's a wonderful place to end, Jam. Thank you so much. We will 
post all of your website mm. addresses and everything about your yeah. workshops. Yeah. Everything coming up. And of course, you've written books as well. Yeah, that's a lovely way in the Living Tantra book. You know, that's really for people to, to do in the privacy of their own home and just try yeah. things out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Suzanne. That was such Thank a pleasure. You. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Okay. Thank you.